Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. Hey, welcome to the Joe Carey Show right here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Uh, always check us out at www.fedbyravensmedia.com. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, good news. Um, Joe Biden has finally come. Well, you heard. He, he had a couple. They call them gaffes, but I mean, it's. I think there's symptoms at this point, but he came out yesterday and he called for a $15 million an hour uh, minimum like, wow, Joe, that's a lot. Yeah, 15, he said, you know, I, I stand for a $15 million minimum wage. I'm all for that. He's got my vote. 15, think you could only work like what? Five minutes? And then you'd have enough to retire. Like you wouldn't even have to finish out the hour. The truly ambitious could do a full hour's worth of work if they wanted the full $15 million. That'd be a good test, wouldn't it? I mean, how many of these young kids today, do you think if we said, you know what, if you work the full hour, you get 15 million. If you work half the hour, you get seven and a half. You know, and just like, I wonder how many would put in the full hour. I bet you have about a third just checking out. You know, I got 250,000. I got a couple million. I'm set. But uh, after a few gaffes, uh, Joe Biden uh, has come out and said that uh, this is a quote. He is, quote, not a fan of court packing. Now, you want, it, you want an answer from a president, right? You want an answer that doesn't leave for wiggle room. That's the kind of answer we get. Well, I'm not a fan of court packing. Well, or, so it sounds like you're against it, but could you be a little bit more definitive, Mr. Biden? Well, how much more definitive do you want me to be? I said I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of taking out the garbage, but I still end up doing it every week. I mean, can you give us a little bit more? I'm not a fan of sitting on, in traffic on I-15, but I, I end up doing it quite a bit. And I tell you, these politicians, and I've said it before, they have given birth to Donald Trump because of their weasel words, because they're always dodging, answering the question. Right, so Biden now is going to say, I'm not going to address this issue anymore. I came out. I gave you my answer. Just like Cal Cunningham in North Carolina, right? He was caught sexting with someone other than his wife, and then the allegation came out that he had a physical affair with someone. And he comes out without saying anything. He says, I'm not going to answer this question anymore. I've said everything I'm going to say on it. Well, Mr. Cunningham, you really haven't said anything. I mean, you're, you're a member of the military reserves, you want people to trust you? you? You've built your campaign on this principle of honor? Just say it. If, if you're going to stack the court, I actually think you pick up more votes if you're just definitive. But right now he's offending people in the middle, right, independence, and he's offending his own base where they're like, I told you, you couldn't trust this guy. But it's ingrained right after 47 years as a politician. It's in your DNA. It's in your blood. Remember that movie, Liar, Liar, where like, you know, you, you couldn't tell a lie? In reality, it's just the opposite. These politicians who spend so much time in DC, they can't tell the truth. Like they just can't bring themselves to say what they really think on an issue because in the back of their mind, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm losing a vote. So someone like Donald Trump who comes down and says, I'll tell you exactly how I feel. I'm not going to hold back. I'm just going to let you know exactly what I feel. People look at that and they say, wow, this is refreshing. Speaking of that, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, uh, day two of her hearing, the vote is on Thursday. I mean, we only have two more days of this. Uh, it, just embarrassing. I mean, did you see, uh, I think it was Cornyn of Texas asked her because – you know, these senators, they have all their notes. Kamala Harris is actually using a teleprompter. And I didn't know this. Brian, did you know this? Like, uh, she's uh, practicing uh, social distancing. So she's not in the hearing room uh, with the other Democrats. And so she's doing it remotely. So when it's her time to answer questions, and it's not just her. Ted Cruz is doing it from Texas. And I just assumed that Kamala Joe was uh, doing her uh, questioning from California. Right? Because 
She says it's not safe. We can't be together. Do you know where she's actually asking questions from? The hearing's taking place on the second floor of the Capitol building. She's on the third floor in her Senate office, remoting in to the hearing room. So she's still flying to D.C. She's still meandering around the walls, the halls of Congress. But it's important that she makes this political statement that it's not safe for me to be in this room. Why? They have social distancing. I think it's 10 feet. Because it's all optics. But Amy Coney Barrett is just crushing it. I mean, uh, Dianne Feinstein, because remember, Dianne Feinstein can't bear her fangs. It's too close to an election. They don't want to offend women. So she can't go for the jugular like she used to. So now she's just trying to score all these political points. And Barrett is just, I think she's mopping the floor with him. I really do. And when did it become bad to be a married woman with seven children who, when you've achieved your dream, wasn't that the promise of feminism? Wasn't the promise you can have it all, you can go out and you can work and you can become famous and you can uh, be professional and also raise a family? Wasn't that the promise of feminism? And hasn't Amy Coney Barrett achieved that? You would think she would be celebrated. You would think the left would be like, wow, this is amazing. They hate her for it. They despise her for it. Wait, you you still love your husband? You still want to cook him breakfast? You still want to take care of the kids and dress them? Yeah, that brings me joy. I mean, I'm talking for Amy Coney Barrett. I mean, you know, cooking and dressing the kids. I mean, wow. But that's, that's what she's saying. That brings me joy. And it does, whether you're a dad or a mommy, interacting with your kids like that. But the left hates it, right? Because they want, they want the person who says, no, we divide the housework. And maybe they do. But I truly believe that Amy Coney Bush, she just doesn't care. She's like, I get to do this. Like, I want to do this. This is a blessing. This is a privilege. She doesn't want to sit there and keep score with her husband. And wow, does that bother the left. It just, it infuriates them. Because she says it. She came out and said what you can never say to a progressive leftist. Which is, I'm not going to let my career define me. I'm not going to let politics define me. I am going to let my relationship with God and my family define me. That's really what Amy Coney Barrett is saying. And the left cannot stand that. No. You've got to say that it's your job that defines you. It's your position on politics that defines you. And she's saying, no, never. I would never let the role I play as a judge define me as a person. It's only a job. It's only being a judge. How incredibly refreshing that is. How incredibly necessary is that? And what a complete difference that makes. When you see somebody like that who understands balance, who understands steadiness, who understands that there's other things that are important, wow, that's why the left hates her. Because every day she goes out and she gets that exposure and she gets in front of those cameras or every time she issues a ruling, she's inspiring other Young girls, teenage moms, single mothers, happily married women. I mean, she inspires them all to say, wow, this is who I want to be. You know, when you think about all the accolades that uh, RBG was given and deserved, you know, at, at her passing. Almost universally, they were about her role as a justice on the Supreme Court. I don't think Amy Coney Barrett would want that. I think she would want her eulogies. I think she would want those final words to be about she was a great mom. She did what she loved. 
and found balance. I mean, those are the things I think she would want written about her. When we come back, uh, a new study is saying that coronavirus cost the United States $16 trillion, 90% of our GDP. That's what the headlines want you to focus on. There's something else in that report even more disturbing. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show. When we come back, we're going to have that story and much, much more. 801-331-8113. We'll be back right after this break. Balance of nature, changing the world one life at a time. I've had a lot of really great days back to back, which has been a huge blessing. Even my doctor told me, because uh, they asked me to bring everything in that I take on a daily basis. He was very encouraged by seeing what I was taking. And he, he said he didn't care how many I had. You know, he said it's food. And the form that it's in was something that he was very, because uh, he's an avid learner. And he's always researching and uh, he's, he's always excited to see new things. And he told me this would be good. This will help you immensely with the nutrition that you need. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a health care program. Sign up for Liberty HealthShare today. As a Christian health care sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now. And you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's LibertyHealthShare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Hey, welcome to the uh, Joe Carey Show. I want to talk about this a new study that came out. It says that coronavirus will cost the United States $16 trillion or 90% of our GDP. And uh, that's what all the headlines are, right? So you have the uh, Republicans saying, this is why we can never shut down the economy again. Look, 90% of our GDP, $16 trillion. You have the leftists looking at this and saying, you know, it's only money. Why are we worried about shutting down? And that's where the debate is today. Well, I read the study, right? Not just the headline. And if you read the study, there's some very disturbing things in there that I think are even more disturbing than the headline. Listen to this. This is from the authors of the report. 
the immense financial loss from COVID-19. Right? So what they're saying is this tragedy, this crisis, the immense financial loss from COVID-19 suggests a fundamental rethinking of government's role in pandemic preparation. Yeah, you know what the rethinking is? Maybe they shouldn't have the big role that they play, right? Because remember who was in charge of getting the test kits out for COVID-19? The media won't cover that. The media won't talk about that. Who was responsible for developing the test kits for COVID-19? It was the CDC. It was the Centers for Disease Control. When the private sector showed up and went to the CDC, this was way back in January, And they're like, look, this pandemic is headed our way. We have to have proper testing. The CDC said, we've got it. We don't need your help. That's what they told the private sector. And the CDC said, we want a monopoly on the testing. So no one was making tests because they weren't allowed. Just the CDC. So they stockpiled all these tests all these testing kits, and then they found out they weren't accurate, that they gave false positives, and sometimes they failed to pick up COVID. So when COVID hit, instead of having this arsenal of testing, which would allow us to do contact tracing and keep the economy at least more open, we had nothing. We had, can you imagine if we put the CDC in charge of making ventilators? We didn't. Trump employed the National Production Act and he got GM and others, GE, to make those ventilators. So when I read a statement that says, hey, the immense financial loss from COVID-19 suggests a fundamental rethinking of government's role in pandemic preparation, my thought is, yeah, they really screwed it up. But then the, the authors of the report continue. Now, this, listen to this paragraph. This is a quote, as the nation struggles to recover from COVID-19. And I don't think we're struggling as much to get over the COVID-19 as we are the government lockdowns. As the nation struggles to recover from COVID-19, investments that are made in testing, contract uh, tracing, and isolation should be established permanently and not dismantled when the concerns about COVID-19 begin to recede. Did you get that? So what these people are saying, what these authors are saying is, hey, government really screwed up the COVID-19 response. But despite that, Despite that, we should still leave government in charge of the testing, the contact tracing, and the isolation, and that those things should be permanently established. Why? You know what bothers me about that? It assumes that the next virus is going to operate in in the same way that this one did. Right? It, it reminds me of after World War I, you know, the French built the Maginot Line and between itself and Germany, and it's, it's this impenetrable wall, and the Germans will never be able to invade us the way they did. And based on the technology that existed at the time that the French poured all the money into developing the Maginot Line, they were right. But technology changes, right? The aircraft get better, the bombs go further, the tactics get better. And when the Nazis wanted to invade France, they just drove around the Maginot Line through the Ardennes Forest. Unthinkable at the time the Maginot Line was built. And in a way, it's the same thing. They're saying, well, let's, let's keep all this going. Because what they're saying is the next virus, the next pandemic is going to mirror this one. And what we're going to find is a bunch of obsolete, outdated equipment. You think the government's really going to... We didn't even have the masks this time. Why? Because under Obama-Biden, didn't they liquidate the 250,000 masks and what? They didn't want to spend the money to what? Replenish the supply. 
You don't think this is just going to be another piggy bank that politicians can raid at their convenience? Now for some good news. This from the New York Times, no less. Listen to this. This is pretty amazing. This is the headline. Experts confident pandemic to be over far sooner than expected. Trump efforts working with remarkable efficiency. That's the headline from the New York Times. I'm going to read this article. It's that good. A new report from the New York Times indicates that experts have genuine confidence that the coronavirus pandemic will end far sooner than originally expected. Apparently the day after the election. No, that's a... That the coronavirus pandemic will end far sooner than originally expected and that President Donald Trump's Operation Warp Speed, the administration's efforts to facilitate and accelerate the development, manufacturing, and distribution of vaccines, therapeutics, and diagnostics has been, quote, working with remarkable efficiency, end quote. The report published on Monday comes with just over three weeks left in the presidential race between Trump and Joe Biden. Quote, events have moved faster than I thought possible. I have become cautiously optimistic, so said New York Times science reporter Donald McNeil Jr. Quote, experts are saying with genuine confidence that the pandemic in the United States will be over far sooner than they expected. Possibly by the middle of next year. The report noted that the U.S. was faring much better than it did during the Spanish influenza, which cost 675,000 Americans their lives. Noting that the country's population at the time was 103 million, so that toll today would be the equivalent of 2 million dead. Currently, we stand at approximately 200,000. The article continues... The report noted numerous positive developments that have come along the way as the U.S. battles the pandemic, ranging from the average age of those being infected being significantly younger now than at the start of the pandemic to nursing homes becoming better at protecting their patients. Quote, sometime in the next three months, the FDA is likely to begin granting approval to vaccines now in the works. Despite the chaos in day-to-day politics and the fighting over issues like masks and lockdowns, Operation Warp Speed, the government's agreement to subsidize vaccine companies' clinical trials and manufacturing costs, appears to have been working with remarkable efficiency. It has put more than $11 billion into seven vaccine candidates, and the FDA has said it will approve any one of those where at least 50% uh, are effective at preventing infection or reducing its severity. The report notes that Operation Warp Speed's chief scientific advisor believes that some of the early vaccine candidates will be 75 to 90% effective, and that at least two will have won approval by sometime in January. We'll be back right after this break. Radio News with Tim Berg. I went through it. Now they say I'm immune. I can feel I feel so powerful. I'll walk into that audience. I'll walk in there. I'll kiss everyone in that audience. President Trump's comments as he held a Keep America Great Again rally in Sanford, Florida on Monday night. The event came just one week after his release from the hospital for COVID-19. President Trump spending part of his Tuesday in the battleground state of Pennsylvania. Meanwhile, Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden will be in Florida. Day two of confirmation hearings for Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett are underway on Capitol Hill. 
Democrats are expected to grill Baird about her past comments criticizing the court's 2012 ruling that upheld Obamacare. Comey Barrett saying in her opening statements that policy judgments should be made by the political branches of government. This is USA Radio News. Welcome to Tax Talk with Hollywood legend Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust, the Tax Defense Group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the Tax Defense Group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. You gotta love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee and they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-832-1594. 800 The man who was working as an unlicensed security guard who fatally shot a supporter of President Trump in downtown Denver on October 10th was acting in self-defense. That's according to his family's attorney. Matthew Dolliff is being held in jail while police investigate him for first-degree murder. He still has not been charged. Dolliff did have a concealed carry permit, which has been revoked. Dolliff was seen firing a gun at Lee Keltner, who was in downtown Denver for a pro-President Trump rally. New York Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo has a new book out on Tuesday titled American Crisis. The book speaks of hard lessons that he learned and his leadership during COVID-19. Coronavirus cases in New York are continuing to rise, and the governor has threatened another lockdown if things don't get under control soon. In New York, over 33,000 people have died from COVID-19. One thing Cuomo has failed to address is all the people that died in nursing homes. USA Radio News. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show. So it's basically the New York Times has this article which says that, look, Trump's Operation Warp Speed, it's working. It's working efficiently. It's working effectively. And they're saying that, uh, according to this report, they're, they're expecting to have two vaccines with 75 to 90 percent efficiency ready by uh, January. The report also notes that the military is standing by to assist in the rapid distribution of any vaccines that become available. And that skepticism and hesitation to taking a vaccine may quickly fade as people begin to weigh the relatively minuscule risks of a vaccine against the potential effects of contracting the virus. And here, here comes the rub. Um... They may quickly fade as people begin to weigh the relatively minuscule risks of vaccine against the potential effects of contracting the virus. That seems like pretty fair, right? If you don't get the vaccine, it may increase your chance of getting the virus and let people decide. But no, that's not good enough. So then they say, well, they may have to be swayed because the prospect of being unable to return to work having to homeschool one's children and not eating in a restaurant, fly on an airplane, or watch a movie in a theater. Oh, oh, so I'm free to choose whether to get the vaccine or not? Oh, absolutely. But if you ever want to leave your house again, uh... and if people are skeptical about getting the vaccine, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have done more to raise that level of fear and uncertainty because of their nonstop, we don't trust Trump, we don't trust his government. So that's on them. That's on them. This is uh, breaking news now. This is uh, from the Daily Mail. Joe Biden facing questions as his doctor son-in-law advises his campaign on COVID as an advisor, while at the same time running an investment firm putting money into healthcare startups. Wow, what is it with Joe Biden and these conflicts of interest? Right, so here he is, his son's a doctor, his son runs a startup where they decide what money to invest where in these medical companies, and at the same time he's telling Joe Biden, oh, you know what would be a good therapeutic? Oh, it just happens to be in this company that my company is heavily invested in. Oh, the two are unrelated. 
how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you advise someone who has the potential to invest billions of dollars into a company where if that investment were made, uh, Joe Biden's son-in-law could reap a fortune? Wouldn't it be better just to say, you know, this looks bad? Like, let's assume that there's no hanky-panky. Let's assume that this son isn't receiving, you know, million-dollar payments from the uh, wife of the mayor of Moscow. Even if there's no, you look at that and you're like, this is sick. Like, how do you have that arrangement? How do you get those payments approved? Wouldn't you rather just say, you know what, it looks bad. I don't want to get close to the situation just because it looks bad. But no, that's not what happens. They dive right in. Now, this is on the Daily Mail, which is a uh, British uh, website. How come I don't see this story on American websites? How come I can't find this on CNN.com or MSNBC or CBS or ABC or even Fox? Is it because every time you bring up something about Joe Biden's family, he gets a little bit, you know, irritated and gets that, you know, grouchy old man voice? Where he basically looked at Donald Trump and said, oh, there was, that $3 million payment was never, never made. It was all proven false. No, it wasn't. We know the payment was made. We just need an explanation as to why, but we have a media that's complicit. We have a media that's compliant. And we know that now because the declassified documents relating to the Russiagate investigation, they released a spreadsheet. And it's really fascinating. If you haven't seen the spreadsheet, you, you've got to Google it and look it up. It basically shows, okay, the FBI is trying to verify the Steele dossier, right? So somebody shows up and they're like, you know, hey, Donald Trump did X, Y, and Z. How do we know that? Well, it's in the Steele dossier. Well, the FBI has an obligation. They have to prove whether those allegations are true or not true. Right? And in order to get to the wiretap phase, in order to spy on the Trump campaign, the FBI needs to produce evidence that would convince a court that there's smoke. There's enough smoke there that's going to lead to a fire unless we do something about it. When you look at the spreadsheet of all the sources that the FBI relied upon in verifying the dossier, guess who they are? Guess which sources, what trusted voices, what trusted sources the FBI went to to prove the legitimacy of the dossier? News organization, yahoo.com. I'm not making that up. So in this very perverse world, an FBI agent leaks information to a reporter Oh, yeah, do you know a Michael Flynn? He uh, flew over to Russia and had uh, breakfast with a Putin. He leaks that information from the dossier. That reporter then goes to print and says what? Hey, according to a source in the FBI, Michael Flynn went and had lunch with Putin. The FBI then takes that report, which, it, which basically it generated through a reporter, and says what to the FISA court? Well, we know we have to investigate because look at this story. The story says that Putin and, and Michael Flynn had dinner together. What the FISA application conveniently left off is that the FBI planted that story. You've heard of money laundering, right? So you, you, get, you get this money illegally, then you've got to spend it legally, right? You wash it, you clean it. And then when it emerges, it's clean money. That's what they were doing at the FBI. They were taking dirty information from the dossier. They were leaking it to a reporter. Well, when that story comes out, it's a clean story. Because the, the story never says, well, this FBI agent told me this. It, you're left with the impression that the reporter has done his or her due diligence, that they've gathered the necessary facts. But really, it's a dirty story. Just like the original underlying story was dirty. So then, 
the FBI goes to court and says, look, judge, we know there has to be something here because, look, there's 12 stories in 12 different newspapers all about Michael Flynn having breakfast or lunch with the Russians. The whole time never mentioning the fact that the FBI itself planted those stories with the media. My question is, where are the Democrats on that? Why aren't people furious? Why aren't people incensed over that? You're basically using the instruments of law enforcement to remove a legitimately elected president? Why aren't Democrats clamoring for an investigation, a house cleaning of the FBI? My suspicion is it's because politicians have things to hide. And they know if they start calling for a house cleaning at the FBI, some photograph's going to pop up, some phone record's going to pop up, some sexting is going to pop up. And they don't want to deal with it. Because if anybody knows better than anyone else what the FBI is capable of, it's those members of Congress who refuse to... You now have proof that the uh, NSA and law enforcement were, were gathering information against the law. And what happened? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Why? Because members of Congress are more afraid of them than they are being held accountable by the people. And that's a very scary and very sorry state of affairs. Uh, the other breaking news, Nancy Pelosi just announced uh, Donald Trump had made a $1.8 trillion offer to provide uh, more COVID relief to America. Nancy Pelosi said no deal. Now members of her own caucus are asking Nancy to reconsider, saying, you know, maybe instead of playing politics, this money could help a lot of people right now. The good news is we're only borrowing 100% of the money this time to provide that relief. Just exactly where is this money going? Well, just for some perspective, the MTA, which is the Transportation Authority in New York City, they're saying if they don't get $4 billion, they may have to shut down the MTA. Oh, that's $4 billion just to cover the last three months of the year. That's where the money's going. Hey, when we come back, UFOs. Have you heard about this? We'll be back right after this break. Credit card bills have gotten out of hand, and you care about your credit. Call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800 406 0046. 800 406 0046. That's 800 406 0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc., 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation, Maryland DM 1492, Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation, Commission License Number DC 83. Service may adversely affect the individual's credit. Non payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a healthcare program. Sign up for Liberty HealthShare today. As a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now. And you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. 
and plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code HALFOFF. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code HALFOFF. Hey, it's just a breaking news day. We have breaking news now. Uh, Breitbart News is reporting that Mitt Romney slams Keith Olbermann for calling Trump a terrorist. Romney insisted the only one allowed to call Trump a terrorist is Romney. But um, bum No, uh, but he did call out Keith Olbermann saying, look, that's even a little bit too far for me. Trump is not a uh, terrorist. It's good to see Mitt stand up for the president. And Brian, you just read a, a tweet from KSL, right? The KSL just came out with a with a tweet. Yeah, there's uh, it, it's just an announcement that uh, Governor Herbert in Utah will be announcing uh, major changes to the state's COVID nineteen guidance system, including new restrictions. Well, I can hardly wait. <laughs> oh boy, that'll be at one thirty this afternoon. So one thirty in about uh, I guess what about forty minutes. Uh, he's going to come out, and Herbert is going to announce some new restrictions. What, what restrictions do you think he can impose? You know, the quote that they have here says, uh, this is the governor saying, following weeks of surging cases, I will join representatives from the Utah Department of Health in announcing major changes to Utah's COVID-19 guidance system. I've got to tell you, so, uh, you know, as COVID continues to spread, you, everybody meets more and more people who, who've been exposed to it. Brian, do you know anybody personally that has been diagnosed with having COVID? I do. I know yeah. just a couple. Yeah, as do I. And out of those people, how many are severe, meaning they required hospitalization? Two. Okay. I just know one. I, so, and he's public. He's a public. So, Stan, you know, Ellsworth, he required a hospitalization. But everyone else didn't. They're just told to stay home. But this is what gets me. Everybody that I've spoken to with COVID-19, I'm like, well, when are you allowed out? Like, when can you? And everyone without fail has told me they don't know. You know, they get a daily call from the health department. And apparently the standard is... Are you showing any symptoms besides the cough? But the standard seems to be, at least this is what two friends told me, that they were told by the health department, if you run two consecutive days without a fever, you're no longer contagious. Is that, is that the general sense, Brian? Have you? But my question is, I mean, we're into this thing, what, 10 months now? And most people still don't know what the guidelines are. So they're having a big uh, demolition derby up here in Ogden uh, this weekend, which, you know, is my sport of choice. Some people like football. Some people like I am the traditional, let's go catch a demolition derby. And I thought maybe they would cancel it this year. But here in Weber County, no, it's, it's going on. Now, they do say this. They do say, you know, uh, social distancing may be hard to implement, so they're in incur- no, it's mandatory. You have to wear a mask if you're going to go. Now, I'm okay with that. So I'll, I'll mask up. So my brother, he's down in Utah County. And so I, re- I said, hey, Paul, you know, if you and the kids are looking for something to do, why don't you come up and just enjoy the uh, demolition derby with me up in Ogden? And there was this pause. 
And he said, well, uh, are they going to, like, social distance? Are there going to be... Like, he just wanted to know where in the world I was living that was going to allow this demolition derby to take place and move ahead. And I said, well, look, they said that, you know, they'll try to do the social distancing, but, you know, they not encourage it. The mask is mandatory. And so you have two adults. I mean, I think I understand the risks of COVID-19. I think I understand, you know, the chance of getting it in a very severe condition is relatively small. And so you look at it and you're like, you know what, I'll take the precautions, but I also want to, to get out. I, I want to do the things that I enjoy. And there are people, if I were to say that to them, they would be incensed. They would be livid. I, I've met people. I've had conversations with people. And you know what the typical response line is. You're only thinking of yourself. You know, because if you catch it, you're going to pass it to... I said, I can't pass it to my, to my grandparents. They're in good hands. Andrew Cuomo's got them protected in nursing homes. So 801-331-8113. What do you think? Do you think it's time? I mean, the, the World Health Organization just came out and said, look, lockdowns can no longer be the primary method of, that we're trying to control this virus. They're not doing it from a liberty or constitutional perspective. What they're saying is every time we shut down an economy, thousands of people die because they can't get their food. They, tourists aren't coming to their countries. People aren't getting their medicine. They're not seeing doctors. But I mean, are we at the time where do we know enough about this virus where people can now say, you know what? I got this. Let me make this decision for myself. But I know there's a risk. Just like when you get in an airplane, you know that there's a risk. There's some people who don't fly. Right? Madden, the great football announcer, he rode his bus everywhere. Do you know why? He was afraid to fly. And no matter how scientific you were about it, well, you know, uh, John, uh, the chances of you dying in a plane, you're much more likely to die riding that bus cross country than a... It doesn't compute. But I mean, isn't that where we are today? Don't we know enough now where people can just start making those decisions for themselves? 801-331-8113. Aren't we at the point now where people can just say, you know what? I get it. I get there's a risk. I understand that, that part of that risk could be fatal. But it's okay. Because I think the other side of the argument is just going to be what? No, we're a collective society. Your decision impacts everyone else in that society. And therefore, society has a right to dictate to you what your decision should be. And part of it is government has just squandered their trust, right? Even Governor Herbert, and, and, and again, I don't mean this in a bad way. I think he, he did the best job he could with the facts he was being given. Because remember, when this first started, right, we were told what? By the end of 2020, we were going to have 2 million dead Americans, Two million dead Americans, that the fatality rate may be as high as three or four percent. Yeah, so if you're the governor of a state, I can see you overreacting. I can see you, or even acting appropriately, saying, wow, this is a lot. We've got to do something. But you know what? The Constitution applies in a crisis or not a crisis. Well, now we know that the infection rate or the fatality rate is not three percent, it's not four percent. It's not 1% overall. But these politicians there, they've fallen into this mindset of let's be generous of, you know, protecting the people. I think you can call it things that are much, much worse than that. But it's not like we're in this early stages where, hey, we've got to act. We've got to act unilaterally. 
don't we have enough experience with COVID-19 now that we know, definitively know, what we should be doing or what we shouldn't be doing? And shouldn't we allow adults and parents to make those decisions for themselves and their kids? Look at Kamala Harris. Most of the senators are not meeting remotely. Most of them are going to the conference room, the hearing room, and they're sitting there. They're socially distanced. They're wearing masks as they will or won't. Kamala Harris doesn't feel safe in that environment. So instead of walking down the stairs and being part of that hearing, she decides to do it from her office or the closet or from wherever. That's her decision. But where is the line drawn when people say, I mean, did you see the celebration in uh, Los Angeles when the Lakers won? Thousands of people on the street, not social distancing, packed in like sardines. Many not wearing masks. Meanwhile, you can't go to church on Sunday. You can't send your kids to school. You can't have a burger in a restaurant. But you're going to allow that to take place? Well, there's nothing we could do about it. Well, you could have canceled the game. You could have said there's a national health crisis. We can't allow this to happen. So all of a sudden, it seems to be driven by the money and not the science. Hey, you're listening to The Joe Carey Show. Stay tuned. Uh, big announcement from the governor on more restrictions. Remember, take the time to get right with God. Be kind. Stay tuned. Brian Hyde up next on the Fed by Ravens Media Network, also right here on uh, K Talk. You can also find us on KYAH. We'll be back. <laughs> 